Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Tuesday evening where we continue our initial reflections into Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. We are in the first letter to the Corinthians, right? We just wrapped up our reflection on the book of Revelation last week. So if you are joining me for the first time, what I was about yesterday was really more of an introduction into just not Paul's first letter to the Church of Corinth, but really some background. We went back into the senses of sacred scripture. We considered uh, time, date, purpose, and that kind of thing. Now, I did get into the initial verse, and what I want to do is go back into that verse, and really the first three verses. So this evening is very much going to be about the salutation. And before I read these verses, I should say something I had wanted to talk about yesterday was when we talk about these churches in these various cities, the Church of Ephesus, the Church of Corinth, the Church of Thessalonica, all of these churches, we have to appreciate something here. These are not some big, huge churches, right? I know yesterday I was talking about Corinth as this, this metropolis, this, this city that had all of these different kinds of people converging, very multicultural. And as I was leaving yesterday evening, I I was kind of regretting the fact that I didn't communicate a very important point, that the church of Corinth was very small. When Paul started the church of Corinth, it maybe numbered a couple of dozen. Okay, so what we have to appreciate is how everything that is big starts from humble beginnings, right? Did not Jesus talk about this very thing in the parable of the mustard seed, how all good things must start in just not seed form, but remember, tiny seed form, okay, the mustard seed. Why do I talk about this? Well, just not only to appreciate the massive greatness of the church and how it grows, but also Paul. You know, the word Paul comes from the Greek paulus, which means small and or humble. How about that, huh? Small and or humble. And when you read the first verse from Paul's first letter to Corinth, we should be thinking about that because what does he say? Paul, or again in the Greek, Paulus, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So one who is small, one who is humble, is called and receives that call. Huh? There's a change. Remember, Paul was once Saul or Shaul. In antiquity, if you heard the name Saul, who do you think of? but the line of the great King David with King Saul. There was a sense of reverence when you heard the name Saul, a sense of respect when you heard the name Saul. And yet, and yet we have this name change. Something else to be attentive to in sacred scripture is every single time you see a name change, there's an elevation of status. We see this, of course, in Shaul to Paul. We see this from Abram to Abraham, Simon to Peter. All throughout sacred scripture, we see name changes, and it's very important. Jacob to Israel, right? Everywhere you see this, and we are made to appreciate that with a new name comes a new identity, and that new identity is in Jesus Christ. So, Paulus, 
called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Called. What does it mean to be called? Apostle means one who is sent, like an ambassador authorized to to speak for the sender. Okay, so it is no longer about me, but the one who has called me. I am no longer in charge. No, I am called. I have been sent. I have been sent to bear a message. So Paul is letting the world know that he is a humble, small ambassador for Jesus Christ who is sending forth this new message. And of course, he reminds us that this message isn't just about something, but someone in the person of Jesus Christ. So he's called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. See, it's no longer his will, but God's will because he's been called. It's no longer about what I want, but what God wants because I've been called. And so this is a very important question we all have to ask ourselves. What does God want? I mean, think about it. What was the first thing that you thought about when you woke up this morning? Did you ask the question, Lord, what do you want out for me today? Or was it about all the things that you needed to get done so that you can have peace of mind this evening or tonight? How do we live? What motivates us? Why do we get up in the morning? You see, it would be so easy for you and I to just read these first few verses and just think, well, no big deal, a formal greeting, a formal salutation. All right, Paul, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Well, no. Be rest assured, my friends, every single word in the Bible is the inspired word of God, and we are made to appreciate every single syllable, every single consonant that we read in the inspired word of God. And then we will begin to see what it means to be called, what it means to live in the will of God. So Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, we'll talk about Sosthenes and the significance of him here in a little bit, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy with all those everywhere who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Okay, this verse, to the church of God that is in Corinth. Let's focus on the word church. What does the word church mean? Again, is, are we to interpret the word church as some just generic sense of what it means to be a people of God? We have to appreciate the dynamism the forcefulness that is the Word of God and how it invites us to go deeper. So let's contemplate the significance of the word church. Ekklesia. Ekklesia. Ek, out from, klesia, to call. So we just talked about Paul being called, okay? He's called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God for the church. He's called out from a former way of living, out from, to call, called out from the world. He is no longer a persecutor of Christians. He, he is no longer condemning the likes of a St. Stephen. No, he's had his personal encounter with Jesus Christ. He's had his radical metanoia, his radical conversion. Now he's living that, and he's calling all of us as a church to understand what it means to be church how we have been, as a church, called out from a former way of living. This is a calling that we all receive in our baptism. 
because we are baptized into the very life and death of Jesus Christ. We die to self, and in dying to self, we are born anew. Born anew to live what? In a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In a personal relationship with God. We have been set apart, okay? We have been set apart. What do we set apart in our lives? Don't we all have those things that are most dear to us that we set apart? We set things apart. Why? Because they are important to us. And here I'm speaking within the context of idols. Maybe we set a time to watch a particular series and we binge watch this particular series. We all have our attachments, huh? Maybe it's the Xbox. Maybe it's just the intemperate attention we give to that one thing that actually takes us away from God. What is it that we are setting apart that we are giving too much time to? Why am I talking about this? Because my dear friends, what we need to be setting apart is the person of Jesus Christ. What we need to be making sure that we are giving time to is the person of Jesus Christ. And when we do this, we will be set apart from the world. People will begin to look at us differently because we will no longer blend in. We will no longer just kind of go with the flow. People will see that we have been set apart. My dear friends, holiness stands out, right? What is that great line from Donald DeMarco? Holiness does not send off flares or shoot off cannons. It just shines in the darkness. And when we set aside time for Jesus Christ, we are consequently set apart from the world. And this is what Paul wants us to see. I mean, what does he say? We are called to be holy. It's interesting here, this word sanctified, to you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, the word sanctified in the Greek is hagiazo, set apart. It literally translates as set apart. He's translating a Hebrew word that was used for vessels, for liturgical worship, right? Vessels were always set apart. They were made holy because worship was holy. What Paul wants us to see is that no longer are just things set apart for a holy purpose, but my dear friends, in baptism, you and I, we have been called for a holy purpose. And the question we have to start asking is, what does God want from us? Not so much, what do I want from the world? But what does God want me to do in the world? That is, again, the question before us. Okay, what about these verses? With all those everywhere who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. What do we read in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9? But Jesus' name is the name above every other name. When you hear a certain name, what name is it that when you hear it, it has your attention? You want to contribute to the conversation. You want to be a part of the conversation. Is it a sports figure? Is it an actress? Is it a musician? Do we go into those conversations where we might be talking about a LeBron James, a Taylor Swift, with the same kind of vigor, energy, and life that we go into a conversation with the name of Jesus Christ? Huh? Or do we draw back and do we remove ourselves from those conversations? And dare I say, dare I include into this point the conversations we are having today, January 24th, 2017, about this past election cycle. Those conversations that are charged with so much energy, 
so much enthusiasm. My dear friends, do we go into the conversations that we are having about Jesus Christ with the same vigor, the same energy, the same enthusiasm that we do in those conversations about this past election cycle? This is a challenge before all of us, and I will tell you here and now, this is something that I myself struggled with at times for sure during this past election cycle, and I had to ask myself the question, am I putting Jesus first? And this is what is before us, especially as there's so much chaos and disorder all around us. I know I'm asking a number of questions here this evening, but they are very important questions because why? Jesus' name is above every other name. Paul says it, with all those everywhere who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. For the person who desires to be holy, let him speak about Jesus Christ. Huh? And again, don't get me wrong, it's not bad to throw yourself into those conversations that are about Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. Not bad at all. In fact, those conversations need to be had. But do those conversations and every other conversation that we might have as it relates to American popular culture outdo our desire to have a conversation about Jesus Christ? My dear friends, Paul is challenging you and I this evening to be an apostle for Jesus Christ, to be one who has been called and sent to be a messenger of Jesus Christ. Be rest assured this is in what we do, but it is also in what we say and how we say it. He is calling us to preach the message of Jesus Christ, and in so doing, give glory to God in all that we do. Very important. How about verse 3? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Another verse that can be easily overlooked, huh? grace to you, and peace from God. But how important are these words? Grace and peace, they are everywhere in Paul's letters, certainly in many of his salutations. What he wants us to understand is, in each and every one of our encounters, they need to be grace-filled and imbued with a deep sense of peace. Grace to you. Let God's great gift be upon you. Let his joy be poured into your hearts. Be surrounded by his very life and love. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Shalom. May you be in covenant harmony with God. May you withstand the storm. Remember, peace isn't so much about the absence of the storm, but how you look into the eye of the storm and say, Peace, be still. Isn't that what Jesus did and said, right? To the tempest winds, the apostles were being overwhelmed, and he, looking into the eye of the storm, said, Peace, be still. So should we look into the eye of the storm and face the tempest winds that are those everyday circumstances, those everyday trials, those everyday annoyances, and say with great confidence, with great hope and great faith, Peace be still. How important is this spiritual fruit of peace? So important is it, my friends, that it encompasses so many verses throughout all of divine revelation. There are so many things that we deal with each and every day that can just overwhelm us. They're just too much. Maybe someone is angry at you, 
and their anger is unjustified. There's no reason for them to be angry at you. How do you handle that? Do you get caught up in the anger and the rage? Or do you say, peace, be still? Remember, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Always precedes that other great beatitude. Blessed are the peacemakers. Okay. So Paul says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord, Kyrios. Kyrios, again, another very important word. A word that literally translates as one who was dominated by or one who was under the influence of. Can we say that we are under the influence of God's love? Can we say that we are intoxicated with God's love? We hear the word intoxication and we tie it to being drunk. We tie it to being unable to identify left from right, north from south, so on and so forth. But to be intoxicated with God, to be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit is the opposite of that. To not only be able to identify the next step you need to take, but to do so with great clarity and great understanding. Are we intoxicated with the very life and love of God? Lord, Kyrios, are we under the influence of the Holy Spirit and of Jesus Christ, the Anointed One? Amen? Amen. Now, how about Sosthenes, our brother? Paul calls Sosthenes the co-sender of the letter, huh? Brother, the term early Christians used for one another and Paul used for his collaborators. You see, my friends, early Christians understood themselves to be an extended family after the example of who? But Jesus himself, right? Who called his disciples brothers, sisters, and in Matthew chapter 12, verses 40, 49 to 50, even mother. Now, Sosthenes is possibly the same one mentioned in Acts chapter 18, verse 17, as a leader of the synagogue in Corinth, whom other Jews roughed up in, in front of the Corinthian governor. Why they beat Sosthenes instead of Paul, we don't know. Perhaps he angered them by converting to the new faith proclaimed by Paul, or maybe he was sympathetic to him. Either way, he was one who was sent. He was a co-sender. He was a brother. He was a member of the church. And remember that the church, as Paul reminds us in his letter to Timothy, is the household of God, the family of God, which stands on the bulwark of truth. See, once we understand God for who he is, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we can better understand how the church is a reflection of God. What do I mean? Well, consider that God in his deepest mystery, as John Paul II once said, is not some abstract solitude, but he is family. Why? Because he has fatherhood, sonship, and the essence of family, which is love. So God's very identity is family. Isn't that beautiful? In the Father, love given. In the Son, love received. And in the Holy Spirit, love shared. That's the essence of family. So as a church, we are what? Family. The family of God. And how do we best imitate the triune God as the family of God? Well, by entering into his very life and love and living that calling, living that vocation, living that being called out from our former way of life and now living in a new way. 
is not the most important thing to Paul that we are a new creation in Christ? There isn't one truth that permeates all of Paul's text more than that truth, that we are a new creation in Christ. Now, the phrase itself might be seen two or three times, but if you, if you put the phrase new creation in the context of all of his epistles, you'll see that, yeah, it's about being a new creation in Christ, being made new for Christ. Once we have put on the cloth of Christ, the garment of virtue, the garment of purity, we are new. And now we live out this newness, this freshness, if you will, in a world that is longing, pining to be made new. We just have to live and share the message, huh? The very beginning of this letter jolts us into an awareness of who we really are and who we are called to be. That we are a consecrated people. We are set apart by a call from God himself to be holy, consecrated to God in his service. But this is not a private Jesus and me arrangement. This, my friends, is really the message that we need to soak ourselves in. This reality that this is not a private Jesus and me arrangement. We are part of a holy people, a holy community, a holy family, linked with every Christian community throughout the world. And isn't that what is so beautiful about the universal church, that Katahulike church, that from Chico to Chicago, from Chicago to St. Petersburg, from St. Petersburg to New York City, from New York City to London, from, from London to Rome, from Rome to Tokyo, on and on and on and on. We are linked in Christ because we are yoked in Christ. We are joined with people of every language and every color in the whole entire world. This is what it means to be Christian and to be Catholic. And what's more, my friends, we belong to the church community of the past and the church community of the future and the church community of the present. That we learn from those who have gone before us so as to live a more vibrant Christian Catholic life today mindful that people will look towards us and ask the question, how did he do it? How can I learn from him or her to live a stronger and more vibrant Christian and Catholic life? There is something that is so beautiful when you start thinking about the past, present, and future context of the Christian and Catholic Church. George Montague, the author of the Catholic Commentary on Sacred Scripture for Paul's first letter to the Corinthians says, in these first three verses, we have met Paul's become what you are theology. Become what you are theology. I've used that phrase from time to time, and I, I just love the way he put it there. We have met Paul's become what you are theology. And he uses that phrase because this is really what runs itself like, like a golden thread throughout the whole letter. You see, my friends, holiness is not so much a goal we are called to reach, as it is a consecration we are called to live out. And how beautiful is that? That we never stop becoming the person we are called to be because the process of becoming is a process of transformation and conversion until the day we die. Amen? Amen. Now, before we wrap up with our closing prayer, and before I forget 
to mention what we were about on Thursday. I did want to speak to our new subject matter that we are going to dive in on Thursday. Thursday evening is now going to be Special Topic Thursday. And Special Topic insofar as I respond to your questions. So Thursday evening is essentially, my friends, tailored to your questions. And these are questions that might not be reduced to just apologetics. These are questions that can touch anything you want them to touch. It it can touch aspects of psychology, uh, the sciences, history, maybe something more abstract. Whatever is on your heart, I want to meet you where you're at. I want to meet you where you're at insofar as if you have a question, a question that is burning on your heart, I will answer that. It is not that I haven't been answering your questions. It's just that there are so many questions, and we just don't have the time necessarily to answer all your questions on air. Sometimes I, I just I respond to them by way of phone or email. I thought, you want to know what? It's time to just set aside a day and to really engage you where you're at. Now, if there's subject matter that is more historical, that might not be tied to certain aspects of Catholicism and and you feel like it might not fit the radio program, be assured that I will take whatever your subject matter is about and pull God into it. I know a lot of your questions are about God and about the Catholic faith and what we talk about here on the radio. But if there's something else, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to talk about, if it's politics, okay, if it's politics, we can talk about politics insofar as it enriches us. I'm not going to get lost chasing the rabbit, okay, talking about Donald Trump and and Hillary Clinton, but ultimately, again, it's just about meeting you where you're at, and so that is what Thursday evening is about. So in the light of that, if you want to send me your questions, if you want to send me your inquiries, please don't hesitate to email me at jholljmj at yahoo.com, or as always, you can go to my website at joholcraft.org spell J-O-E-H-O-L-L-C-R-A-F-T dot org. All right, let us close with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we do just give you a special thanks and praise for the gift of, of another evening. An evening in which to reflect upon the richness of the vocation that you have called us to, that is first and foremost a vocation to holiness, a vocation to purity, and consequently a vocation to live out in charity, that we might live in you for other, that we might come to know you to make you known, that our new identity in you is to better understand the task before us. Let this overarching truth of being in relationship with you to better serve you permeate every aspect of what we do, yes, but more importantly, who we are. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.